The Atlanta Braves used three home runs to outslug the St. Louis Cardinals on Monday night in an 8-4 win. Charlie Morton got the win in this game, but it was an unusual start for him. He did something he hasn't done since 2015. We'll discuss that on today's episode of Locked On Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jacob Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, you can check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. And if you're watching there, do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button to help support the show. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB in all caps for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute's tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'm going to be completely honest and transparent up front and not feeling my best. we got a lot of sickness going through the house, so if this is your first time listening, I'm usually a little bit more high energy than this, especially coming off a Braves win, but I want to go ahead and give that disclaimer here at the top. We're battling through. We're going to be okay, and when you're sick in this baseball season, you get to lay down and watch a lot of baseball, so at least you have that. But the Braves do get an 8-4 to win over the Cardinals on Monday. I did a postcast with me and Grant McCauley, which you can find in the Locked On Braves podcast feed over or over on YouTube in the Locked On Sports Atlanta YouTube page. Well, let's start with the offense. After a sluggish day on Sunday against the Nationals, they come back out and do exactly what we expect them to do on Monday against the Redbirds. Eight runs on 10 hits, five walks, and three home runs. I mean, that's what you can I think expect a lot from this offense this upcoming season. Jake Woodford, the Cardinals starter, hadn't given up a home run. or didn't give one up all last season. I think it was minimal innings, but not the case here in this game as the Braves came out launching home runs. Uh, Riley had a ball, hit a ball that still hasn't landed. I'm talking about 473 feet, 113 mile per hour average or exit velocity. Just an absolute bomb on a slider that was hung up in the zone that he set back and just destroyed. It was the longest home run at Bush Stadium by a visiting player and the fourth longest home run in stadium history. So if you haven't, make sure you go back and watch that one. I think I've watched it at least 20 times at this point. Just a beautiful, majestic home run. Ozzy hit a two-run homer that just got over the wall. I think everybody was waiting to see if Jordan Walker robbed it, but he did not, and it gets over the wall for a two-run homer. And then Acuna, an opposite field, three-run home run. And I was watching the end of the game on twitch.tv slash shortstopball if you want to join me during some of the games on Twitch. But I was watching over there, and one of the listeners pointed out that it was great to see Acuna with an opposite field home run, something we didn't see a lot last year. So that is certainly uh, a welcome sight to see for Ron Acuna Jr., who is just off to an amazing start in 2023. Got on base his first four times on Monday, had a single, a double home run, and walked as well. So just a triple shy of the cycle, scored two runs, drove in three with that home run. He did get caught stealing, uh, really the only blemish on the night, a perfect throw from Wilson Contreras, who got a perfect pitch to throw on, um, and a great, great throw, great tag, but We'll see Acuna still a lot more bases, but unfortunately did get caught stealing there. But 
otherwise just a, a magnificent night for Ronald Acuna Jr. Marcelo Zuna was the only player without a hit. He did walk twice. He should have walked three times. There was one at bat. He's up 2-0 in the count. And then Woodward just kept throwing them sliders way off the plate. And Ozuna, trying to do too much, kept swinging at them for whatever reason. I was a terrible at bat, one of the worst at bats I've seen him take. And I'm not trying to just completely bash Ozuna here, but it was a terrible at bat. Just take your walks. Um, but struck out two times, walked two times. He's now one for 14 to start the year. The one hit being a home run, two walks, four strikeouts. Again, it goes back to what I, my complaint with Ozuna was all offseason. Yes, if you play him, you know, 140 games, he's going to hit you close to 30 home runs. I truly believe that. But he doesn't give you much of anything in between that. And look, if he's batting seventh, eighth in your lineup as your DH and he's hitting 30 home runs, I think you can live with that. It's not the worst thing in the world, but that has been my biggest complaint with Ozuna over the past two years. Yes, he's going to give you those home runs, but he doesn't give you much of anything in between those home runs, and that's what it's looking like to start the year. Will he start in left field again on Tuesday against a lefty starter? That's what we've seen early on from Brian Snicker with a rookie pitcher on the mound. I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping we see Sam Hilliard get a start in left field to help Dylan Dodd out and get, get the best defense possible behind him, but we'll see how Snicker manages that on Tuesday's game. Travis Darno back in the lineup, had another hit and an RBI. You have to keep his bat in the lineup right now. I know a lot of you have been saying that, and while it's hard to imagine that Snickers going to have him DH and catch all year long and, and switch those out every other day, I, I just think while at least while the bat is hot, I think you got to keep Travis Darno in there, whether he's catching or whether he's at DH. You got to have his bat in the lineup. And are we seeing more of a strict, you know, splits catcher situation with Murphy? It's a little surprising. The Braves traded for Murphy, talked about, you know, the great acquisition that it was. And I believe it is. And we saw how he can affect a run game on Sunday. But now Murphy hasn't played in two of your first four games. Um, a bit surprising to me. And I know he's not exactly, you know, getting it done at the plate right now. So maybe you don't want to DH him, but. I'd rather see, you know, my best lineup right now. And again, I, I know you can't do this every day. You're going to wear your catchers out. But my best lineup right now was what they did on Monday, except for Murphy catching, batting where Ozuna was in the lineup and Travis Darno in the DH spot instead of Ozuna. I think that's the Braves' best lineup right now. And if this were a postseason game, I think that's what Snicker would run out there. But again, hard to do that over 162. And then another takeaway from Monday's game is the defense of Orlando Arcia. Now, I, I had gone on record as saying I think he's a, a slightly above-average defender. Uh, that has not been the case early on this season. He has been exceptional over there uh, at, at shortstop defensively. Snagged the line drive, hit by Jordan Walker at 107.7 miles per hour. It was the hardest-hit ball of the game by a Cardinals player. Made a highlight play against Goldie on a ball in the hole, a jump throw. Uh, one hopper over to Matt Olson for the out. So he has been outstanding defensively at shortstop to begin the year, and he's also been hitting as well. So great decision decision by Atlanta Braves front office and coaching staff to go with Orlando Arcia. You know, why should we ever doubt them? Uh, but it's been the returns early have been great. Now, can he keep that up in a starting role for a long time? That's remains to be seen. But at least right now in the first four games, Arcia – has showed that he deserved that job 
at shortstop. Next, I want to get into Charlie Morton's outing where he did something he hasn't done since 2015 when he was pitching against the Braves. We'll talk about that next. You're buying tickets to your favorite events. Shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest, fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting pumped up for the fun you're going to have at your event. The Braves Home Opener is coming up this Thursday, and if you haven't secured your tickets yet, then you need to check out the Game Time app for last-minute deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. I love that feature because you're going to an old stadium like uh, Chicago or Boston. You want to make sure your view is not obstructed. So I love that feature at Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your purchase. That's LOCKEDONMLB in all caps for $20 off your first pitch purchase. You know you're buying tickets to a game this year, so why not save yourself a little bit of money and use the code at Game Time? Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB in all caps for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Charlie Morton's start on Monday was quite an unusual one for Charlie Morton, and it's really hard to judge how good or maybe bad he was. He only gave up three runs, and two of those came in an inning where just nothing went his way. And you got to give a lot of credit to this Cardinals offense, in my opinion. Just They remind me of the Mets last year. They don't strike out a lot. They put the ball in play. A lot of weak contact that fell in for hits. A lot of long at bats, able to work counts, take their walks. Uh, so just a really impressive and deep Cardinals lineup. 12 hits, but 11 of them were singles for the Cardinals. Three walks and just six strikeouts. Charlie only had one strikeout. The last time Charlie Morton pitched at least five innings and only had one strikeout was June 5th of 2015 with the Pirates against the Atlanta Braves. So uh, pretty interesting stat there. I had to go back and look that up because I can't imagine there were too many starts where Charlie Morton only struck out one batter, and I had to go all the way back to 2015 to find the last time that happened. Only six swings and misses for Charlie Morton. I can't imagine that's happened a lot in his career. Again, I think a lot of that goes to the credit of those Cardinals hitters who do a great job of putting the bat on the ball and putting it in play. Um, I believe the Cardinals were one of um, the best teams last year and not striking out. So, again, I think some of that goes to the Cardinals, but it is a little unusual to see a Charlie Morton start where he doesn't get, you know, 10-plus swings and misses because that's what he's been great at in his career. He didn't get hit particularly hard, only 87.9-mile-per-hour exit average exit velocity against him. He was around 88 miles per hour the last three years. So again, that's right around where his average has been. Again, a lot of the hits by the Cardinals were just soft hits that found holes. So nothing to be real concerned about. Again, I think a lot of this just has to do with the Cardinals lineup and their approach at the plate. Two walks for Charlie Morton, but key here, no home runs and he didn't hit anybody. And those were two of the keys we we're watching with Charlie Morton this year is can he stop hitting batters and then giving up three-run homers? And he didn't do that in this game. Yeah, he gave up a good amount of hits, but 
all of them singles. So I think that's encouraging. If you want to take something encouraging out of this Charlie Morton start, which wasn't a bad start, like I said, just an unusual one. It's the fact that, yeah, he had a lot of traffic, but he didn't allow that big home run that we saw a lot last year. There were a couple of times where he got an 0-2 count and then left a pitch out over the plate. They got hit for a base hit. One that comes to mind is, I believe it was a first at bat against Alec Burleson. He had him 0-2. Darno wanted the pitch up and out of the zone, and he left it up, but in the middle of the zone uh, and more down to a spot where Burleson could barrel it up, and he hit it in the center field for a base hit. So there were a couple times like that where Morton just didn't have the great command and was missing his spots. But, again, not a terrible start, but not as sharp as we've seen Charlie B in the past. So, Going to need to see more from him. But again, the encouraging part of this start is that Charlie didn't hit anybody, didn't give up any home runs, only two walks against a Cardinals team that you know will take their walks and has some good at-bats and a good approach at the plate. Again, it just reminded me so much of those Mets teams last year or that Mets team last year. Uh, it was just so annoying to play. I kept saying this on Twitch stream last night. I hate playing the Cardinals because they're so annoying at the plate and it just seems like everything – goes their way, and they had a lot go their way on Monday night. But fortunately, the Braves' offense uh, had the big home runs. And again, Charlie Morton didn't give up that big home run. Now, Nick Anderson, in my mind, he has to stay in the bullpen. He has been great to start the year. He was great in spring training, an inning and two-thirds in this game. You know, he's been able to give the Braves length going multiple innings. He gave up one hit. It was a solo home run hit by Goldschmidt, which Goldschmidt's the reigning NL MVP. Nothing to be ashamed of there. But no walks and four strikeouts for Nick Anderson. He had four of the six strikeouts that the Cardinals had in the game. That is incredible for Nick Anderson. He got six whiffs on 11 swings, including four on six swings against that big curveball, which was just baffling hitters up then. Again, another bat against Burleson where you knew the curveball was coming and he could not lay off of it. So, Impressive stuff from Nick Anderson. The fastball, fastball velo isn't quite there. We saw him up to 96 in spring training. He was averaging 92 miles per hour on Monday. But again, that curveball, which is the pitch that he's featuring the most right now, creating a lot of swings and misses and really baffling hitters at the plate. So I like what Nick Anderson is doing. I think he's not only needs to stay in this rotation, I think he's becoming one of the higher leverage pitchers for the Braves out of the bullpen. Colin McHugh. I think it's next behind A.J. Minter right now. If I'm laying out the pecking order for the Braves bullpen, it's A.J. Minter, Colin McHugh, Dylan Lee, Nick Anderson. Those, to me, are your top four guys in high-leverage situations late in games that you want to see. Kirby Yates was up late in the game last night. Um, I wouldn't consider him to be a high-leverage guy, but then you got Yates, Chavez, Litke, Jimenez, and Tonkin. You know, Chavez is there if you need to get multiple innings early in a game. Licky's there if you need to get out a tough lefty. I don't think there's a lot of trust with Jimenez right now. Again, still building himself back up after the slow start. Tonkin looked good the other day, but I still think he's the odd man out if the Braves need to create a roster spot. Um, but right now, the top four for me are AJ, McHugh, Dylan Lee, and Nick Anderson. Those are the Braves' four best relievers right now, in my opinion. And Colin McHugh made things a little too interesting on Monday night, had to throw 23 pitches to get through the bottom of the order when he started the inning and luckily left Paul Goldschmidt on deck, got a, a good call against Burleson. Uh, talked about Burleson a lot tonight. He had some key at-bats in this game, but Colin McHugh got the benefit of a call, which, by the way, the strike zone was 
horrendous on Monday night. That pitch to Matt Olson early in the game is just one of the worst calls I've ever seen. The ball went over the white line of the batter's box. I don't know how anybody with good eyesight would call that a strike, but regardless, that was going on all night, and Colin McHugh got the benefit of a call in that at bat with a big moment in the game. Um, I would imagine Snit likely wanted to finish off the game with McHugh and save AJ for Tuesday, but again, McHugh threw 23 pitches. You had the middle of the, the order coming up in the ninth inning, so you went with AJ Minter to close it out, but all in all, uh, you know, a good outing by the Braves pitching staff, and again, the offense doing enough that you know, you could leave some wiggle room for the Braves pitching staff. All right, next, Dylan Dodd's going to be making his major league debut on Tuesday, going up against this tough Cardinals lineup. How's he going to do? We'll talk about that next. Everyone is always looking for a great fantasy game to see how they would do as the GM of a baseball team. And I have just the app you're looking for if you are one of those people. Ultimate Pro Baseball GM is a mobile game that lets you manage your own professional baseball franchise to try and build a World Series champion, manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory you're responsible for, hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline as well. A lot of us locked on hosts have been playing for some pretty big prizes here uh, leading into the season, and it's a lot of fun. I think you'll really enjoy it. And Locked On Braves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps in the game store. So make sure you check it out to download the game. Just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Some news and notes real quick, and then we'll get into previewing Tuesday's matchup where Dylan Dye will make his Major League debut. Braves are already retire Andrew Jones, number 25 this year. They're scheduled to do that on September 9th against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So make sure you go out to the Game Time app to secure your tickets for that one. It's about time. I think the Braves were hoping to wait until Andrew got inducted into the Hall of Fame before they retired his number. And I think that's going to happen soon in the next couple of years, but Glad they didn't wait any longer. Go ahead and retired him. I think he's the best defensive center fielder of all time. One of my favorite Braves players. So glad to see them finally retiring his number with the Atlanta Braves. Again, that'll happen on September the 9th. Braves did call up Dylan Dodd on Monday and added him to the 40-man roster. To make room on the 26-man roster, they optioned Jared Schuster, which was a bit surprising. And to make room on the 40-man roster, they DFA'd Jordan Luplo. <laughs> I don't like either of those moves, honestly. I don't know what they're planning to do, and we'll talk about the probable starters here in a minute, but hopefully Luke Blow clears waivers and comes back because I like the depth of that right-handed bat who's been really good against lefties in his career. So hopefully the Braves get Luke Blow back, and now you can't bring Schuster back unless somebody else goes on the IL. So I really hate it for Schuster. I wanted to see at least another start from him. But now he's going to have to wait at least 15 days before he can be recalled. And like I said, unless somebody else goes on the IL, the Braves did place Max Freed on the IL Tuesday morning, recalled Bryce Elder, who will likely start on Wednesday, which is what a lot of us thought. So again, if you're going to bring Schuster back up to take that next spot in the rotation, 
somebody else is going to have to go to the IL or I don't know what they're going to do. So let's look at the probable starters. Um, Nakahoma Nation tweeted this out and I replied to it because I was doing the same thing, trying to figure out in my head, you know, what the rotation looks like going forward. So you have Dodd on April 4th, Elder on April 5th, Strider for the home opener on the 6th. And then we don't know what's going to happen on April 7th. That was the game that Jared Schuster would have started. So right now we don't know what's going to happen on April 7th, if it'll be a bullpen game or what the Braves are going to do there. Then you got Charlie Morton on the 8th, Dylan Dodd on the 9th, Elder again on the 10th. Kyle Wright is eligible to return on the 11th. Um, and you figure at that point, Elder would go down. Strider would be available on the 12th. You have an off day on the 13th. Morton would pitch on the 14th, Dodd again on the 15th, and then Freed would be eligible to come back on the 16th, and you could send Dylan Dodd down at that point. So there's really just that April 7th game where we don't know who's going to start. Are they going to go with the bullpen game? Probably depends on what happens over these next couple of games, but that's where the Braves' rotation kind of lines up right now. Again, I don't know what they could have done to avoid optioning Jared Schuster, but I got to think there was a way to keep him on the roster and DFA someone else, whether it's Tonkin or, or who else it might have been, to keep Schuster on this roster. But trying to guess what the Atlanta Braves in front of their front office is going to do is a, a fool's errand. I'm sure whatever I just read to you will not happen at all, and they'll surprise us with something. Uh, but just the way that it looks right now, that's what the probable starters will be for the Braves over the next couple of weeks until Max Freed returns. Now, turning our attention to Tuesday, game two against the Cardinals, it'll be Dylan Dodd versus Steven Matz. Matz had a really good spring training, three earned runs in 17 and two-thirds innings, just three walks in 17 strikeouts, and had been really good against the Braves for a while when he was with the Mets. In his career, he has a 3.42 ERA, a 1.14 whip, and 79 innings with 72 strikeouts against the Braves. But when he last faced the Braves in 2020, he gave up six earned runs on eight hits and three walks in just two and two-thirds innings. Did have five strikeouts. But in his previous four starts before that against the Braves, he had gone 24 innings and only gave up three earned runs. So in my mind, when I think of Steven Matz, I think about domination against the Braves. I know they got to him the last time they faced him, which again was, you know, 2020. So it's been quite a while. He is a lefty. So again, we'll see how the Braves go with that lineup. But the big thing for Braves fans is what does Dylan Dodd look like? You know, he got to watch Jared Schuster in his debut where the nerves kind of got to him. Can Dylan Dodd learn from that and be more calm and prepared going into the start, especially, you know, on the road, it's really hard to prepare for that. But Rays really need a good start from him because they need him to stick in the rotation. He could could get at least two more turns in the rotation. So the Braves need him to, to be good, to be the guy we saw in spring training, pounding the strike zone with that good fastball. Um, but who knows? We don't know what to expect until we see him under those bright lights. Need the offense to help him out as well. Hopefully the offense continues to put up some big numbers. But I'm concerned. I'm not going to lie. This is not – not a game that I think favors the Braves because of that Cardinals offense and Dylan Don's first start. I think they're going to be really patient against him, work the pitch count, put the ball in play. I think it's going to be a frustrating start for Dylan Don, and it's really going to be up to the offense. Can they outslug the Cardinals in game two, which they're certainly capable of doing, but I think you're going to need another big offensive output output from the Braves to win this game. You also need some great defense behind Dylan Don. Like I said, the Cardinals put the ball in play a lot, so hopefully – we see Snicker put the best defensive players on the field for the Braves behind Dylan Dodd. 
That'll do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen of each and every day. I appreciate everybody sticking through this one with me as I am a little bit under the weather. We'll be back with a postcast after Tuesday night's game with me and Grant McCauley, which you can find on the Locked On Sports Atlanta YouTube page or on the Locked On Braves podcast feed. Again, thanks for listening. Now go make your second listen to Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 